the red panda is also known as the lesser panda, a small mammal native to the eastern Himalayas. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. It's a flesh wound. Wax on that. Wax off. I know Kung Fu. Yippee-ki-yay, mother I ate his liver with some fava beans. Nice candy. Greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Show me the money. I drink your milkshake. The snozberries taste like snozberries. How do you like them, Alright, alright, alright. These guys are 11. I'll be back. Forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. It wasn't the airplanes. It was beauty killed the beast. And I'm Monica. I don't know what that was about. I just couldn't think of an intro. <laughs> so I thought I'd look up facts about the Red Panda. Um, we're talking about Turning Red, a new film from Pixar. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I um. How good was Soul? Going to talk about Soul again now. How good was Soul? Wasn't that like that was so good? <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I guess Pixar is one of those ones where we expect a lot and if they can't deliver, it's hard to sort of lower your expectations with them as a production company because some of the stuff they've created is just so outstanding. You, you expect it all the time. Mm. Um, Are we the problem? Sorry? Are we the problem? No. Are we the problem? We can... <laughs> no. No. no, no, the the movie is the problem. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's fine. Oh, yeah. Look, um, did you not like it? I was underwhelmed because of that premise of what I'm saying. Uh, and mm. you know, when I go to Pixar, I really do sort of have high hopes. The moment you see the little lamp jump across the screen, so it's it's one of those things where you're going, "Yep, is this going to be one of these ones that just blow your mind because you're not expecting it?" 
Um, unfortunately, this one wasn't bad. I'm not going to say it's bad. It just you know didn't blow my mind. Um, I, I could sum it up and going, it's cute. And that's as far as I get with it. Uh, it does bring, I guess, uh, topics that aren't really broached in children's films that often, um, as such as adolescence and menstruation and all of these sorts of things about coming of age. But in saying that, they do appear in a lot of other things. So it's not exactly groundbreaking. It's probably just more the fact that it appeared in a film that a lot of really small kids would probably go and watch. So that's probably what's upset a few people or made people go, ooh, they've gone there, have they? But in saying that, it's sort of... That's not really saying a lot, ultimately, for what we get in these sort of multi-dimensional, multi-layered Pixar mm -hmm. films that we've seen previously. So uh, this one doesn't quite have it's that. It's very on the surface. Yeah. Um, it's... This is going to make me sound like an old curmudgeon woman, but I just... <laughs> Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. And um, I was around the same age as um, May May in 2002 <laughs> as well. So, <laughs> um, I turned into a snake. It was really weird. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. Like, yeah, young adolescent girls do act like that. Um, they are boy crazy. They have a really tight-knit group of friends. Um they think everything is adorable and I'm not surprised that May May's friends thought she was the cutest, fluffiest thing um, upon finding out that she turns into a panda. And, yeah, she experiences her first period, which I appreciate that it's part of a normal conversation that's being put in a movie. Don't get me wrong. I think it's great. But I just found that the way it kind of explored young teenage girls sort of like stepping into womanhood a little bit immature <laughs> in a way. And that might be because we've had such a rich, grounded history of watching the progression of children growing up into young adults, especially in Pixar movies. Like I immediately compared it to Andy's journey in Toy Story, which I thought was much more measured to, you know, you see this young five-year-old boy. And, who's and, and isn't even yeah. the, the point of the, well, it's like the background. He's a background character, yes, but we still understand exactly who he is. Um, at the end of this movie, I don't really understand May May that much at all. I understand uh, her mother a lot. Yeah, exactly right. If anything, I identify with Mei Mei's mother, Ming, a lot more by the end of the movie <laughs> in all of her craziness. And um, I think one of the saving graces of this movie was Sandra Oh's voice acting. I thought she was amazing. I think I think the cast, I can't, there's nothing I could, I would fault and say this ruined it. It's just, it's just okay. Yeah. It's not awful. It's not bad by any stretch. It's just like when you, yeah, like Jason said, when you're coming from like pedigree of soul last year, that was incredible. Like how disappointed were we in Luca? That was. Oh, yeah, well, okay. The step up there, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah Luca was really bad. <laughs> Luca was actually pretty bad. <laughs> mm. But talking about inside out, soul, Wally, up, the first 20 minutes of up. <laughs> oh, the first 20 minutes of up. <laughs> Pixar's uh, pretty incredible in what they're able to do with the medium of children's animation. Hmm. And this one just feels like, oh, yeah, all right, cool. I will it, forget it and move on. Yeah, I just uh, felt it took a whole bunch of um, early 2000-isms 
put them all in a blender and then just poured it out again. And I don't know, did I miss something? Why? Why? Why was it set in 2000? Is it just because boy bands were popular in 2002? They're popular now because they've got the, 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 the um, how I'm going to sound like an old curmudgeon. They've got those Korean singers now. <laughs> K-pop, yeah, K-pop is a huge thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, Sorry. And, you had, <laughs> and you had one direction but yeah i think it was the early yeah, 2000s where thing, you had you, know? you had a plethora of boy bands you know you throw a stone and you like hit at least two of them like you had backstreet boys five this is gonna make me sound really old was it 98 degrees <laughs> or something like that but one. there were just so many around and that's the sort of um ideal boy that girls that age just really want to be with you know but they also notice i like, appreciated the like poking yeah. fun at the like late 90s 2000 early 2000s stuff it was missing More a than I enjoyed but... anything else. yeah yeah it was <laughs> she had a walkman didn't she she did but the disc man when it skips if you walk too quickly come on yeah. school bus come on. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i always got picked on because the only cd i had cds i had were like um I had the Beatles one, mm -hmm. the greatest hits, and um, an old CD. That was the two CDs that I had. I always got picked on for that. Mm. I did appreciate seeing that um, May May's friend gave her a uh, burnt copy of the Four Towns yeah. CD. I was like, oh, that takes me back. <laughs> you write on it the song list if you really like the yeah, friend. Yeah, you write a song list if they're a good friend <laughs> and you draw little stars on it. <laughs> It certainly captured <laughs> that age group quite well in some respects. I'm going to say some respects because, I mean, you know. It's still so surface, though. I couldn't tell you anything my, about it. My job across these generations over time. And, mm. the, yeah, there's a little bit of that there, but then there's so much more as well. And it, it didn't really give it that richness of character as a result. So I... I could see these really superficial differences between her friends, but I couldn't. Yeah, just the Daria one. What they were the, really the, like. The Daria yeah. one, the closeted lesbian, and then the yeah. like, yeah. the like stereotypical normal one. <laughs> yeah, and I guess one of the things that Meme comes out with this movie is that she doesn't want to be the, she can't be the perfect model child to her mother. There's no way she could meet those expectations and be a good, you know, proper girl that gets straight A's and you know kills it every single time I wish that was explored a little bit more thoroughly because we don't really see any tension between the two of them in the opening scene she's happy to go and clean and happy to go to temple and do all these things with her mum because they're close yeah that you don't see that um that conflict until we have to lean on the heavy-handed panda metaphor of the, the monster or the beast or whatever yeah exactly right and um i think um oh goodness what is that show with the hormone monster um big mouth um big mouth on netflix i think does a much more effective job exploring young adolescence and you know coming into your feelings and how you view your relationship with your family or your parents or your siblings and such as you grow and change into your own person when you face these big events that change your life in a lot of ways. This one, I just felt like, as Jason said, I thought it was extremely superficial. Mm. And whether that's they're trying to target it to making sure kids can understand exactly what's going on, but Pixar's never had that problem before. No, and also kids are smart enough to pick up on that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. 
even then, you know, having the multiple layers that they had in previous films, if they can't pick up on it, there's something for them anyway. And yeah, this, yeah, this has a direct target audience in my mind, and no more than mm. that. Agreed. Pixie Panda fans. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, turning red. Yeah, I mean, you could do worse. You could you could do better. Yeah. Oh, you could do better. Watch Wally. <laughs> watch Wally. Everyone should yeah. just watch Wally. It's really Agreed. good. It's really, really good. Yeah, or inside so yeah, yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. Cars too. No, it's, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Not Cars One though. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Pop Culture. I've been Scott. I've been Jason. And I'm still Monica. Pop Culture is produced by and recorded by Jason Eddie, Monica Porto, and Scott Sauter. The clip for this week's show was the trailer for Turning Red, and the song at the end was Nobody Like You from the Turning Red soundtrack. If you're enjoying the podcast, please, I invite you to leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can follow us on social media. We're available at Facebook, facebook.com forward slash popculturepod, on Twitter, popcultureau, we're on Instagram, and we are on YouTube. Please connect with us. We would love to talk to you about movies and stuff. Anyway, we'll catch you next week on Pop Culture. What it is, it's a masterpiece. Got a whole lot of love for them city streets. Mandel. Tonight is the place to be. Got a big boom box and a new CD. Come on, everybody, let's tear it up. If you want mad skills, you can share with us. I want everybody to stop and stare. And you know why it's me. Rope. Woo.